What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Show Up, Show Out podcast. To show up in a show out means to go somewhere and make an impression. And we hope to help you do so by having insightful, memorable, funny, and awesome conversations that keep you wanting to come back. We hope you enjoy and let's tap in. Hey everyone, what's going on? It's your boy RC. Welcome to another episode of the Show Up and Show Out podcast, episode number 14 to be exact. Today's episode, uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, We have another milestone here on the Show Up and Show Out podcast. This is the first remote interview uh, of this podcast um, and I'm looking forward to uh, sharing this one with you guys. It was a, a pretty fun conversation. Uh, I had one with uh, my, I loop my buddy from Toronto. Uh, his name is Jason Aljahari. Uh, I loop him in for, I think that's how you pronounce your last name, right, Jason? Apologies if I uh, mispronounce your last name, but uh, I loop him in for this podcast and um, we talk a lot about just some of the stuff that's going on in his life. Uh, he's big into baseball. He's a, he's a big baseball guy. He's a coach. Uh, he's a pitcher as well. So we talk a lot about uh, the game of baseball with him. Figured it was pretty fitting. Uh, you know, we're heading into uh, the fall time here and the Major League Baseball playoffs starting up. And I mean, it's summer still to a degree. So, you know, baseball is kind of the, the main front and center sport uh, during this time of year. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And um, this is my first uh, guest that was not from, you know, the uh, the local immediate Edmonton area. So uh, that was kind of fun too, just to uh, be able to have sort of a different perspective uh, from someone on the show. Uh, apologies if the audio for this uh, sounds a little bit different than uh, my normal episodes. So this is um, obviously my first remote interview and I ran into a little bit of difficulties with uh, respect to my Zoom pod track recorder and had to record this uh, via a Microsoft Teams meeting to convert to an MP3 file. So uh, the audio quality might not be as crystal clear uh, as my other ones, but it, nonetheless, uh, the um, I think conversation still was captured and you can still hear the essence of the conversation very well. I'm um, going to try to figure out uh, another sort of solution to um, my remote interviews. Um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, next time. But uh, so without further ado, let's uh, get straight into uh, a great conversation. I'm hitting it out of the park. He hit it out of the park uh, with my uh, good friend and uh, longtime baseball pitcher Jason Aljahari. All right, man, we're good. Okay, Jason, what's going on, my man? Not too much, brother. How you doing today? Good, man. It's uh, it's good to see you. This is the first. Uh, show up and show out episode where uh, I have a virtual guest. Jason is joining me from uh, beautiful Toronto, Ontario, uh, one of my favorite cities in the world, as uh, you probably know by now. Uh, what do you got to say to the people, Jason? Come out to Toronto. It's a great time. Summer, winter. Actually, no, more summer. Definitely just come in the summer. It's a great time. <laughs> have some drinks. Go to a Jays game or five. Yeah, yeah. yeah go to multiple Jays here. games. Move yeah. out here, you know. But but also uh, to the but also to the people, your fan base is ten times better than than the the Leafs fan base. I'll say that now. <laughs> and why is that? It's just a fact. Edmonton Oilers fan base, hundred times out of a hundred. Well, I remember I remember when you came uh, came out here a couple of years ago and we went to uh, when we when the, we beat Montreal, I think it was. You had a, oh, yeah, quite a time two. at Rogers Place. You had quite a time at Rogers Place, hey? Oh, buddy. Before, during, after. Great. Yeah. I still remember time. the Habs fans yelling at me for screaming so loud. Yeah. <laughs> Kicked their ass and uh, got to see you battle of Alberta too, right? Down in Calgary, nonetheless, nonetheless. 
Oh yeah, that was that was a good week for hockey. Um, you know, obviously not the result you wanted, but it was it was a great time up in the up in the press level in the Saddle Dome, like other the than the dome, Joe Lucas Arena. Bones. Oh yeah, other than the <laughs> Joe Lucas Arena, the oldest uh, oldest one I've been to by far. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of the Flames, they just signed Kadri today. Did you see that? I did actually. Um, yeah. Wow. And moving Monaghan to the Habs, not not terrible. Uh, now, now I would argue Kadri has a better chance of of uh, repeating or coming close to repeating what he did last year, just because I wasn't sure, depending on where he went. Like I heard something about maybe he's going to go to the Islanders. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a point per game uh, no. environment to me. But now he's got Huberdo, um, who else? He Lindholm, right? Like that's a, that's one hell of a top three right yeah. there if, if that is your top three that's gonna be uh quite the rivalry next year uh out, out uh goes kachuk and cassian and in comes uh evander kane and nazan kadri that'll be uh quite interesting oh absolutely and <laughs> evander kane great great resign by you guys oh yeah yeah i was i was happy about that one but uh anyways we'll uh we'll move ahead a little here uh jason and i have uh, been friends for a few years now uh we first met uh, a couple years ago, uh, when I visited uh, Toronto for the first time uh, with his cousin Abe. Abe is a, a great friend of mine as well, friend of the show, friend of uh, cousin of Jason, um, and uh, you know we uh, really became good friends on that trip and kind of uh, kept in touch ever since. Really, uh, I think you know I, I just think of the times when uh, you know we were we're doing uh, wrestling WWE, uh, John Cena in your pool and shit like that, and drinking some Appleton Estate from your uh, your parents' bar. <laughs> yep no the taste taste is uh to this day still still hits the same but it's it been a while does. since i've been a while since i've uh thrown somebody into my pool yeah yeah no that's uh that's fair that was a that was a fun night uh definitely i uh, don't remember everything but i definitely remember just waking up the next morning and we had a we drove down to niagara falls and extremely hungover so <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah that was, well uh, you're not supposed to remember every time you go drinking when you're 19 right yeah exactly man it's uh that's what you do when you're when you're uh in your your early teens or not early teens sorry late teens is you know have some fun you know maybe go uh Go for a little uh, public urination in the Air Canada Center, uh, friggin' ha. terminal. I mean, if that is your thing when you were, uh, if that was your thing when you were an early teen, like I'm not gonna hold it against you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell let's uh, let's learn a little bit about you, Jason. Tell the listeners about uh, what you got going on. I know you're a big baseball guy. Uh, I know you're you're big into sports, and you know we know you're from Toronto. So uh, give him a bit of a lowdown. You know, it's uh, this like I said, this is kind of the first guest that hasn't been, I think, like relatively Alberta based. So uh, this is uh, we're, we're branching out is what I'm trying to say. OK. All right. Well, you know, if you've uh, if you've heard of some of these things, great. If not, you know, put the uh, put the listening ears on full volume and get ready. So I've got uh, I, I've got to say baseball probably rules about 90 percent of my life in some capacity. Uh, um you know, I just, you know, I almost feel borderline like an addict. I said I wasn't going to play this year. And the second I got asked to play, I jumped at the chance. Um, so, you know, that's that's just playing hardball. That's playing uh, slow pitch. Um, I should probably mention right now I'm, I'm working in month number four, I believe, um, as a baseball coach. That's a, that's a full-time job in addition to managing uh, the facility that we train and coach out of. That's just in Mississauga. So if you ever fly into Pearson, you know, Come on, come on across the the 401. We're not too far from there. Take some swings. 
I think we did oh, that yeah. when I went to Alberta back in the day. Yeah, there's some cages, you know, take some rips. I, uh, yeah, why you not, might, right? You might as well, you, listeners, you might as well go do that because you're you're guaranteed to be uh, spending at least a couple hours with a, a flight delay at Pearson Airport with the, the state of that airport right now. So, yeah, without uh, you question. know, go, uh, go visit my boy, take some cuts uh, in the cage. Um, you you were a pitcher though you said right that that was your that was your thing. Uh yeah you know or supposed to be a pitcher right um so <laughs> it was uh yeah obviously ju- jumping back into things as quickly as I did this year it wasn't uh, it wasn't what I'd call a Cy Young nomination type stat line um but you know it was it was nice to be back out there I don't think I've played competitive ball in you know, like for real since probably the year we met 2015. All right. Sorry, we're back here. Uh, We got some technical difficulties here on our first remote podcast on Show Up and Show Out. But uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, Jason's baseball background. He had mentioned uh, he was uh, working at a uh, facility out in Mississauga uh, and he was a competitive pitcher at one point. So uh, I'll let you take the floor from there. Yeah, um, so I played uh, I played college ball just uh, in Ontario. We weren't a very good team. That was 2014 and 2015 seasons. Uh, pitcher only was born. <laughs> I used to. Uh, so yeah, no. So I haven't hit in uh, haven't hit in about eight years regularly until this year, and that uh, that kind of went okay. But you know, if if people ask me to be on a field, the reason I was asked to come out in the first place uh, this season was just because. Uh, a team was short on pitching. So uh, I think I was saying earlier, I gave it a shot. It uh, it was nice to throw as many innings as I did. I don't recall the last time I did it, but it's, uh, I don't know. I kind of have this issue where it's like, you know, if I'm going to do something, I don't really feel like doing it just to be there. Like I, I kind of want to be on the, on the more competitive end of it. So I think this off season, I'll have to uh, show up to work a couple hours early and start start hitting the plyo ball program start hitting the weights and uh you know what because why not right well you were telling me uh you were you were taking up like a new training regime or something or you're planning to um i i I don't know if you want to give away any trade secrets at all but uh is there uh would you be willing to share that with the people So it just in terms of uh, in terms of my own training. So I did high performance training at another facility in Scarborough back uh, in July 2020, I believe I started. And I just did it because I felt like I never really got the proper coaching that I wanted. And I'm also a baseball coach. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. That's uh, that's, you know, that's a big reason why I got into coaching. So anyway, um, just back to the training, I definitely, uh, you know, I found a good mix of, you know, staying in shape, but also doing it to get better at something I like to do is kind of a good balance. So uh, up until November, 2020, we had the, another COVID shutdown. Um, You know, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty nice way to test myself. And, um, and now working at, and I went back last summer as well. I, uh, I got up to throwing just under 80 miles per hour from the left side. That's not, that's not horrible. Um, Definitely not on the higher end, but you know, I again something that I was never able to do before and I had I not had to go back to university um in the fall I probably would have continued with it and I'd still be there but um so now fast forward to February earlier this year just being at the uh at the baseball training facility that I'm at it's called the baseball zone okay right the one in Mississauga um it's really given me an opportunity the last few months to build on my knowledge from what I was doing in high performance over the last two years at the other place. And then now, uh, 
now being here, just seeing all the different all the different ways that uh, you know clinics can be run, the different skill drills for for each aspect of the game. Um, just listening to what other coaches have to say. So that I'm kind of taking everything that I've just really discussed and um, I'm I'm going to be applying it to in a way myself, but also to the team that I'm coaching for the 2023 season, um, which could very well be my last one as a head coach in, in that age group for a while. Um, so, you know, definitely just kind of taking the opportunity, everything I've learned the last few years, it's all going to go together just on the, uh, you know, on the skill side of baseball, but also on the, you know, on the recovery side, on the lifting side, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hate to see the radar gun light up every time I hit the mountain <laughs> next year, you know, and well, if that's my team a- can win some games, why not? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that's important, too, with the training and, and shit like that, like um, especially in baseball, where it's such a um, it's such a routine sport, like a routinized sport where it's like it, it, it's routine in a sense of like you're doing a lot of the same shit. But like it's also like so like a lot of people say it's like an easy sport, quote unquote, but it's like not like it's definitely one of the hardest sports, if not the hardest sport out there. Um, I remember there was this quote, I think I forget who said it, but the idea is basically if you fail seven times out of 10 in baseball, you're a hall of famer, right? It's, yep. it's the, I had a conversation recently with uh, one of my friends about this baseball, I think is, is the one sport that is so geared towards defense that I think that's kind of like why in a sense, like major league baseball is struggling to like attract newer viewers or like casual viewers is because like, it's definitely like a, a lower event sort of game. What, like, would you, would you agree with that? Or how would you, uh, how would you, um, I guess, describe that? So more in the sense where MLB is less exciting because defensive plays aren't as sexy or glamorous. Aren't as, sexy. Exactly. exactly what David yeah. walk through half the team, if not the entire team and, and go bar down on attendee. Like, yeah. Okay. I would agree mm. with that for sure. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who would argue that that is more exciting than, you know, Matt Chapman diving for a ground ball down the third base side. getting. I up. love that. Set. I love that shit, man. Right. No, honestly, it, it's great. It's, uh, yeah. you know, another thing that I think is isn't, uh, you know, it's cool, but it's still not on that, you know, high energy play level like an offensive play is. And then this is why I like to pitch is, you know, striking guys out. Yeah. I don't know. If it's just a personal satisfaction that has to come from it because that's that's what I get. I'm but, sure I'm sure that's such a good feeling. It's like uh, it's like for me, like I, I play slow pitch. So it's like it's not really baseball, but it's, you know, softball ish. Um, I did play a little growing up, but I like when you get the hole, like when you get a hold of one, like you just you know, it, you hit one out of the park. Like, I'm sure that's what striking out feels like uh, you getting a strikeout as a pitcher feels like I was never good enough to be a pitcher. Uh, I uh, I had no command. I was hitting kids in the head. So <laughs> I mean, my my command is still it, it comes and goes from moment to moment, but you know it's uh it's I, I the other thing I would I would say as well is um baseball is a very mental game and yeah. there are a lot of people who are unable to process and consistently deal with failure and that's also what baseball is geared around in addition to defense. So yeah. if you know what like like and this and this was my issue for years I can I can 100% speak to this. You know, it's it's supposed to be a game. You're supposed to be having fun, and half the time, you know, we're we're eating ourselves alive because we want to do so well, and things don't go your way. But that's baseball. I feel like, you know, let's argue seven out of ten times, right? Seven out of ten times, man. Seven Eight. seven out of ten times, you're a failure. You're in the Hall of Fame. 
Seven out of yeah. ten times, if baseball doesn't love you back, you're in the Hall of Fame. You're on the <laughs> end of what you're doing, right? Um, I, I'm still trying to get to three for ten, by the way, just with, with, <laughs> with baseball in general. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that a lot of people can't handle. You can, and you can't necessarily just go back out on the next play and and go make up for it like a running back in the NFL, right? Yeah. He, he runs into his own lineman and loses five yards. He, he can get the ball again on second down or third down um, mm-hmm. and make up for it. It's, it's a little bit quicker. Quarterback makes a bad throw. Same, same kind of deal with baseball, you know, pitching more so you can make up for it, but you're the only one controlling the game. You make a bad play in the field. You got to wait till the next time it's hits you to yeah. make up for it. Yeah. Right. If you strike out, you got to wait eight, at least eight turns, you know, cause you know, for me, maybe more if I get pinch hit for it, but like that's, Right. To, to make up for that, for swinging at that crappy pitch above your head on a full count. Right. Like that's just anyway, it, it that this is all to say that, you know, it, it is a mental game. It's a lot to think about for some people. It's just that's that's yeah. why they never get as far as as they could. And I, I feel like I'm in that same boat right now, um, you know, just being 25 years old, almost 26, just thinking about, you know what, just liking it. Why not push yourself? Why not see how far you can run with it before your shoulder falls off. Yeah, exactly. Go till the wheels fall off. That's what uh, right. Triple H said, I think. Uh, yeah. When he when he uh, retired. Triple H, for those who don't know, is uh, uh, a former uh, WWE pro wrestler who uh, now runs the company because uh, Vinnie Mac got himself uh, in a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Great anyways. Entrance music too. Great just, entrance music. Great entrance. Uh, I was pitching in college. Did you? Did you? No yeah. shame. Yeah, did, was that was so that was your that was your walk-in song, hey? For the second year of my college, yeah. Time to play the game. The, the game. You heard that? <laughs> it was my time. It was my turn to go pitch. You should have uh, you should have brought a water bottle on the mound with you, and uh, you know after you throw your warm-up pitches, do the whole Triple H water bottle spray thingy. You know, <laughs> if, if we weren't, uh, I think I only pitched the one home game that that second year. It was a it was a bit of an odd year, but. Uh, you know, had I had I done that in a nine nothing game that we weren't winning, it probably wouldn't have been a good idea. So, <laughs> but hey, maybe there's always uh, there's always another time, right? Yeah, exactly. Any uh, any other good walk up songs that uh, you've used slash would use? Absolutely, there's tons. It's just you know, there's there's a time and a place. I think the year before I did Edge's music. Oh, uh, you think you know me? <laughs> you think you know me? There you go. Um, <laughs> wasn't uh wasn't confident enough to go the full you think you know me version so i just did that like the original song pre-edit <laughs> um still still worked out um, that sounds a banger that's a great song absolutely there's a lot of i think there's a lot of uh underestimated uh resources for music and honestly i'll say wrestling is one of them um yeah i gotta be honest i'm a, i'm a full-blown weekend fan because of fuck WWE yeah man using his his song xo man xo let's go i just was uh i mentioned it on i uh, i recorded a podcast it's in the queue it's in the queue it's probably gonna come out before this one but uh i talked about uh my experience at the weekend concert um if you have a chance to go fucking do it it was the best concert i've been to he is far away my favorite artist right now and uh i just i cannot say how good and talented this guy is and the fact that he's canadian he's representing so i i respect that yeah, he just and and one thing that I like about him as well, just while we're while we're on the topic, is you know all all this shit is is pretty um I guess 
diverse. Like, I don't feel like I'm listening to the same song, different beat every, mm-hmm. every single song. You know what I mean? At least not yet. Right. Eventually you do run out of uh, original material, but the, the well is certainly not dry on this guy. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, my thing about the weekend is what I love about him so much. I always tell people this is he always consistently finds a way to reinvent himself. Like That's every it. single, every single album is every album of his and his discography is not the same. Like it's all different. It has all has its own lane, its own unique theme. Uh, and he's a very like cinematic artist and like, you know, someone who's like, likes movies and, and shit like that. And like, you know, visuals and, and stuff. He, he does a really phenomenal job of that as well. Oh, absolutely. He is, uh, he's one of the best right now. And, you know, I think even still, like you look back to the Super Bowl halftime show last year, um, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of time for that halftime show. I was interested because he was doing it and I think he knocked it out of the park. percent. Uh, you know, a lot of the time it's just an extended bathroom break for me. So kudos <laughs> to him. Well, uh, going back to, you know, we, we talk about music, baseball and your, your walk-up music. Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit, you're a big wrestling buff, hey? That's your, that's kind of your thing. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's, I don't always, uh, I don't always watch week to week, right? Sometimes it's just like, I, I like, I work evenings. That's kind of how it goes, but yeah, I'll definitely, I definitely like to follow along and just see, see what's going on. Right. It's something I've been, I feel like I've been, uh, I think I've been watching since grade eight. It was a nice, uh, it was just something to look forward to every week. Nice distraction at the time is a bit of a, 100%. Uh, you know, bit of a crap time. So definitely, you know, to, to be able to look forward to something week to week, whatever, after this long, you, yeah. you just, at this point, you have to be able to, you know, just, you, you're still kind of curious as to what's going on. Whether oh, oh, absolutely. Or not. I was a, I was a huge uh, WWE kid uh, back in the day. Uh, my favorite, my favorite of all time was uh, Jeff Hardy. That was my boy growing up. Uh, you know, the Swanton bomb, you know, with the uh, those armbands and shit. He had, uh, he was, I saw this thing on Twitter the other day. It was 08 Jeff Hardy was uh, more influential than Barack Obama. <laughs> so uh, for our generation, yeah. probably for our generation, for our generation, he he's like he's like uh, Jeff Hardy's like Tony Hawk status when it comes to like just being universally loved. Like no one hates Jeff. Same same with like Rey Mysterio. Like no one hates either of those two guys. I mean, yeah, back in the day, for sure. Now, uh, at the end of the day, I think we talked about, again, like finding a way to reinvent yourself. Like in wrestling, that's another one. The best yep. guys are the ones who can constantly do it. And, uh, you know, those are those are the ones that that draw like that. They make it what it is. Triple H, I think, reinvented himself a few times. We talked about him. Um, but but that's what it is, is because like nobody wants to see the same old stuff like that's. Yeah, I feel like in today's world, being able to reinvent yourself, being able to, you know, have a solid foundation of, you know, a character or a persona or whatever in, in anything, wrestling, music, sports, but be able to constantly build off of it as opposed to completely, you know, 180 disregard everything you did before. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like everything flows like when it flows like that, it's, you know, you know, you're at the top of your game regardless of what you're doing. I completely agree with you, man. Yeah, like you don't want, you don't want shit to get stale, right? Like, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And uh, especially, I, I think it's really, I mean, like you, you kind of mentioned it, like you can apply it anywhere in your life, but especially like, I think in like the entertainment business, that's so important is like, you know, you, you're there to entertain people. People want new shit. People want, you know, like, yeah, there's a nostalgia factor, but you got to get a couple of years removed before you, you get to the nostalgia factor. I think, you know, it's important that, you're, you're constantly keeping yourself fresh and you're constantly um, keeping yourself 
up up with the times. I think that's uh, another thing. And, and then that, you know, that can even go in the workplace, right? You think about uh, right now, the, the whole thing with uh, sports analytics, right? That's, that's kind of the trend right now, right? You, you see these uh, wizards like, you know, your GM over there in Toronto, Cal uh, Dubas, uh, you know, you see guys like him, um, you know, you obviously guys have the, been, just, sorry, you mentioned Kyle Dubas. Do you have the statistics from him on when exactly we're going to get past the first round? Cause it's been six years. <laughs> on uh, you know, that's where I draw the line with analytics at some point, <laughs> the analytics can't help you. Yeah. I, I think, you know, this is such a cliche answer, but I feel like with in, in this, the analytics versus the eye test debate in sports in particular, like that's very much like you need like a healthy balance of the two. Um, you know, that's such a cliche answer, but I think that's how you got to do it. I think analytics are a great tool to use to make decisions, but they're not the only tool that you should use. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think balance in life in general is required to be successful. Right. And to, to completely shift to one side or the other is to, is to be ignorant to the other's existence and that, you know, things work for different people at different times there's no reason both can't coexist together in some scenarios, but it, it, like I said, it's different for everybody. Um, so, you know, I, I choose to definitely be at worst vigilant of of a combination between the two that'll, uh, you know, and still still trying to figure it out. Right. But that is it's definitely in terms of in terms of baseball, like I think, mm-hmm. you know, the Jays as the Blue Jays, as an example, are are far too conservative on this. Right. They have their analytics and. Um, you know, and they kind of do a little bit of the eye test, but I think definitely, you know, the analytics say this and that, and I think that's prevented them from, um, from making moves. Like for example, this year's deadline, like I just, I, you know, like, so let's, let's get out of the computer a little bit, get in the real world, watch, like, I just think that they missed out on a few different opportunities. Other teams pounced on it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I definitely think that as an example is analytics related um you know and again not having the balance of eye test and for sure for sure but uh go back to like my original point i, I was trying to say uh we just want to see this is the best part about podcasting is you get on these like wild tangents uh but what i was trying to say was you keep it fresh and you're staying with the times and i see i think the best example uh you know from from like the workplace of this or you know the business world is uh blockbuster uh blockbuster was uh i wrote a paper on this back in my uh, university degree but you know they were like they were the kings back in the day right they had all the the rental shit the the vhs tapes the dvds they had all that shit and then this little company called netflix came around and completely changed the game right and uh blockbuster just couldn't keep up and as far as i understand they're bankrupt slash out of business they still have an active Twitter account, I think, but, uh, you're kidding. Yeah. I think I saw it the other day. Um, but they are, are definitely a a prime example of, uh, you know, keeping, not keeping up with the times, but going back to your, uh, your, your base, I was your baseball analytics thing. I was gonna, I was gonna mention, um, the movie Moneyball. It's my favorite movie ever. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, that's a, that's a movie that I will always watch. It never gets old. If you're bored one day, go on Netflix, watch Moneyball. I think that movie, if you're interested in kind of like, not just like sports analytics, but just like the analytics world, because a lot of business is going to like a lot of data analytics as well. Uh, watch that film because it, it definitely does uh, paint a bright picture of like 
what like where kind of the trends started shifting a little bit if that makes sense and um i don't know i think the acting is just phenomenal like we talk about reinventing yourself jonah hill played a phenomenal role in that movie and jonah hill is known more to be like a like a serious guy but uh, I, I felt he really um or sorry not serious a more funny guy yeah and, i was gonna and, say uh, and uh i think he really did a good job of playing a more serious role uh in this film no i i would agree with that and I think the character based on Jonah Hill, like, wasn't even, you know, the guy named in the movie versus the guy in real life. It was it yeah. was different. But even just to show how versatile analytics can be, I think that same assistant GM was hired by the Cleveland Browns of the he NFL. Was. And yep. he was working in uh, he was working in, in their football ops department for a few years. I don't yep. know if he's still there, but. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, he was, I know for a while he was at least, um, I, I read the book, I read the Moneyball book as well, and it mentioned that great he book. got hired by the Browns. Great book, great book. That's another thing, I don't know, take up reading if you can, uh, read the Moneyball book, because uh, that does talk a lot about, about sort of the, the way analytics are going, and uh, I mean, just in general with, with business, right, you think about like the tech space, uh, you know, AI and all that shit, like, that's where the world's going, that's where the world's going, like, you're, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like, in, like, you know, maybe 20 plus years, maybe even earlier, you know, you, you go to a grocery, you're already seeing this a little bit with, like, these Amazon grocery stores, for example, like, where um, you have, like, these automated checkouts, uh, like, automatic, automated carts, like, it's it's crazy, like, you don't even have to lift a finger to grocery shop anymore. Yeah, no kidding. You just order off an app and someone will bring it to your front door as well. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. It's, uh, that's, that's the way the world's trending, but... Um, we'll, we'll jump back into, uh, your baseball background a little bit. Cause I think that's like kind of the main theme of what we want to talk about today. You mentioned you're a pitcher. Uh, for those who don't know, pitchers have what's called a repertoire. So they have a certain set of pitches that they throw to batters and, and, and pitching is a lot about strategy. I play a lot of major league MLB, uh, the show, and uh, <laughs> I have a pitcher myself, uh, road to the show. Uh, he's, um, quite the pitcher himself, but he has a, a, a certain strategy. I have a certain strategy to attack hitters. You don't have to dive into it too much, you know, if you don't want to reveal your trade secrets or anything, but do you have a repertoire? And if so, what, uh, what do you, you know, what's, what is, you don't have to say, you know, your strategy, but like, maybe like, is there an art to pitching? Maybe just explain the art of pitching. Oh, absolutely. it's an art. It's an art. Absolutely. It's an art. You're, you know, painting corners on the strike zone. That's that's the masterpiece, right? The masterpiece is you're trying to uh, you're trying to be better than the batter. Right. So painting corners, huge part of that. Um, I would definitely it's an art in in the sense where you're using you have to have a lot of body control. You have to have some strength. You have to have uh, some explosiveness. You all, you have to have your composure, which is, you know, probably tougher than anything I just mentioned. Um, you know, going back to my, my stance on how mental the game is, I'll, I'll share the repertoire because by this time next year, the scouting report's going to be night and day. We're not going to be talking <laughs> about the same guy. Um, so right now it's, it's just, uh, it's a four seam fastball that can, depending on where it is, I'm not, like I said, I don't throw the hardest, uh, you know, even for, for higher standards, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there I'm, at best I'm mid, but throwing from the left side. Um, as opposed to a right-handed pitcher, that's that's, that's the one. Look. Yeah, absolutely, and there's so few of us in in comparison that it's uh it's honestly why I I, I keep playing. But anyway, um, you know the four-seam fastball is it has some swing and miss ability just because of being from the left side. Uh, 
and you know location if I can I can get a lot of swings and misses at the knees on the corners that was one thing I think I was pretty successful at this year nice when I'm gonna hit the corners you know is and sometimes it's anybody's guess there's a there's a, a curveball more so I think more so it's turned into a slider over the last month or so I I didn't really throw a second pitch this year um I'd say you know if I needed a change up or an off speed I, I just took something off my fastball and that it was acting as my secondary pitch <laughs> it, it was awesome you know that's I, awesome uh, man hey it works full full count mid windup I'm like yeah I'm gonna take something off this and it was just one guy I uh I absolutely needed to get the better of in this league. Uh, and and <laughs> I was always him. that one guy. Eh? I got him swinging right through it. <laughs> he swung through a 35 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> um, you know, probably didn't feel good about it. That's but again, that's that's the satisfaction of a pitcher. Any, in any case, um, so uh, the breaking ball came out the last month or so. I think it's more of a slider now. A lot of horizontal break. Um, you know, a lot of guys swinging and missing in the dirt. I almost broke someone's hip on the weekend, uh, chasing out of the zone. So it's more satisfaction, right? It's just, <laughs> how can you not? And and I think somebody asked me, is it better when somebody asks when it's better if you get a guy looking or swinging? I say swinging every time because they took yeah. their shot and they just, they missed. You made right? him look foolish. You made him look foolish. Well, I mean, you respect the effort, but when you know that, you know, you tried to put it past them and they didn't do it, they didn't catch it, that's that's better than them not taking the bat off their shoulder. Because then Absolutely. you can break, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think, I guess, uh, in, in terms of repertoire, I guess, throughout my discussion so far, I've stressed off speed, right? Yeah. More so. Okay. So that'll be the, uh, so it's only been two pitches. I'm thinking for next season, uh, we're going to have to get a fastball that moves a little bit differently or just moves in general. The four seems okay. pretty flat right now. I think a lot of people, they think velocity is the, is the key yep. to being a good pitcher. And I would argue there are a lot of guys who throw 95 to hundred miles per hour that sit on the bench in college because they can't throw it for a strike. So, well, yeah, exactly. And you know, I was, that leads me to my next question was if you were to describe yourself. So for my listeners here, pitching, when I say pitching is an art, you can succeed as a pitcher. I'm a bit of a baseball head myself, so I, I kind of understand how uh, you know things work. But uh, for those who maybe to the, the casual listener, you can be successful as a pitcher. You can be a flamethrower. That means you're throwing the ball super hard. You know, Jason mentioned the 95, 100 mile an hour fastball kind of guys. You can kind of be a finesse guy. Uh, you know, you're painting corners. You're th- you're throwing your pitches where you want them. Uh, you can be you know a stuff guy. That means basically like. When we talk about break, that means how the, the the ball is spinning and how the ball is moving as it approaches the plate. Um, that can deceive a lot of hitters. So, how would you describe yourself? Like, what 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 bucket of pitcher would you put yourself in? Like, if you were to describe yourself, well, flamethrower's out. <laughs> That's a that that dream is dead. If I want to be a flamethrower, um, you know, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to join uh, an underage league or something like that. <laughs> Benchwarmer style. I'm 12. Yeah, so, something like that. Probably strike Gasolina. out the boss and pat myself on the back. <laughs> Gasolina uh, playing in the background. <laughs> man, just for the record, my my first college game, I had a mound visit and and you know I was getting into some trouble and I heard the Gasolina walk up from another <laughs> player. And I literally just thought back to that movie, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's game over. It's game over, isn't it? So what happened then? What happened after the mound visit? Um, oh, Man, 
I think we got walked off the field. It was uh, <laughs> not even. <laughs> it wasn't even. Um, it wasn't even like, uh, hey, I was pitching in a tie game and blew it. It was just uh, <laughs> I gave up a few hits and uh, my defense made a couple errors. We were like I said, we weren't a very good college team. We were in year two of our uh, we're in year two of our development and they just made only the playoffs for the first time a couple years ago. So it, it basically it's a process. But Fair yeah, enough. it was uh, it was not a game. I was 100 percent happy walking off the field. I'll tell you that for free. Um, so <laughs> okay, I guess fair to, enough. to go back to, uh, to go back to what kind of, uh, pitcher I would classify myself as, I'd say, I'd say there is a little bit of swing and miss ability on my stuff, but I'm going to have to be more successful, um, hit it, you know, with location and, um, but you know what? So I, I would probably say somewhere between location and, and being a stuff guy because, nice. um, you know, just I I think my fastball can be competitive with with the right complement of pitches. Same as anybody. Right. Um, just figuring out what works for you. And this is one thing I'm learning in baseball as well, is that what works for you may not work for other people. Right. There are a lot of um, niche yep. abilities and traits in baseball that you don't necessarily measure down or see on the field. Um and, and yeah, it's just like like making adjustments sometimes, you know, this pitch grip may not work for you, but it may work for me. Um, you know, even cues, like certain things to help you use certain parts of your body better, right? Um, that's that's just not, right? Everybody processes information differently. Everybody looks at things differently and everybody reacts differently. So, um, you know, in terms of figuring out my stuff for for the winter, that's, uh, that's going to be a process, but it'll it'll get done. We'll, we'll update this in a year. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll get you back on the show next year and around this time, and we'll we'll see how uh, things have been going for you. But I really appreciate that about baseball in a sense of like, it's the one sport that I feel like requires the most adjustments. Like you have to constantly be adjusting yourself as a player. Like yourself, like I, I see this in the major leagues all the time is you get these young, talented dudes or, you know, top prospects, you know, and they they flame out because they can't adjust right at, at the big league level and uh i think i think it's so important to being self-aware enough to make those adjustments because the league's watching you man the, you know your, your competition will be watching you and they will pick up cues on you like i even even again i'm, I'm a fucking rec league weekend warrior slow pitch player so weekend I, warrior, I i love it you know i i don't i don't have anything here to really give but just saying my team won the championship yesterday i am uh fresh off a championship victory, a little hungover, but, uh, <laughs> um, even like during these games, I will make adjustments in game where like, you know, I'm at the plate and I see the defense trying to shift cause I'm a righty hitter. So I, I, you know, I used to pull the ball all the time and that's where you usually, if you don't really have much of an approach, you're going to hit the ball. So if you pull the ball as a right-handed hitter, you're hitting the ball to left field, but I've learned how to hit the away pitch outside to the opposite field. And that has helped me get extra bases. That's helped me score a lot more runs for my team. Uh, and overall, I think really helped us win the game yesterday because their left field and center field defense was uh, phenomenal. So, you know, shit like that, that. That's what I mean is by, you know, constantly being aware and adjusting. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I think uh, I, I think the biggest thing and 
what you mentioned is, you know, being able to make adjustments or some guys can't adjust in the majors. Just think every level below the majors you go down, you're like that, that group of people who couldn't adjust, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just expands all the way down to, you know, to guys like you and me just hanging out on the weekend, right? Throwing the ball around, <laughs> messing around for fun. It's just, it's absolutely, there was, you know, um, I feel like one thing that a lot of guys can't do in the younger age groups and even getting up to uh, getting up to like the late teens, early 20s is these guys face pitching for years. They're dead pole hitters, as you mentioned. Right. Um, I can tell you right now, I hate the outside pitch as a left handed batter. I hate it. And that's in hardball. Right. Um, But I've also been able to hit them this year, Mm -hmm. you know, batting. Right. Just again, not not batting regularly for years right and the adjustment um you know you have you have to be as simple as possible up there i think um especially when it's happening but when you train i think you have to think how can i make it easier for myself and a lot of people can't get there um you know so as far as hitting that outside pitch as an example right staying on the ball a little bit longer stay you want to stay up the middle right um for me my mindset will be okay i want to go up there i want to hit the ball hard up the middle and if i tell myself that i will just be i will be more over the plate when the when the pitch is coming in and you know i had a few had a few line drives uh whether that i didn't really care where they went right that that was just kind of the approach um mind you when i had the approach of hey i'm pitching in the game now it was always just you know (laughs) <laughs> work as many pitches as possible pitchers can't hit <laughs> yeah 100 um, percent so we talked a little bit about pitching now there's an art to hitting as well um i think you know it's a lot about a lot of it is swinging you know having the right body mechanics and shit like that you know i'm a golfer as well so i've learned i've learned swing mechanics a little bit from that and i think it's translated a little bit to slow pitch slash uh softball for me um but uh you know you as a coach like how, you know, is there anything you can kind of share with the people when it comes to like the art of hitting? We've talked about the art of pitching, uh, you know, the art of, is there anything to the art of hitting? I think hitting and pitching have a lot in common, if I'm being honest, uh, just working as a coach, um, you know, balance, momentum, rotation. These are, these are things that are cross applicable. Um, you know, me being lefty lefty or, most people being righty righty it's there's a lot of there's a lot of commonalities in in what you need to do to be successful at either or um so you know with hitting i i would argue that a lot of people right as an example let's let's just dial it way back right when you're younger how did you learn how to how to swing did you learn squish the bug with your back foot uh no i just learned i just was at daycare one day and we were in the field and we had a wooden bat and a tennis ball and someone a, a kid who played baseball uh just started throwing balls to me and I, I whiffed on like the first 10 and then i started to like learn how to make contact and then i don't know i've always had pretty decent hand eye coordination so you know that's kind of where i learned to hit i guess and then i learned sort of the body mechanics more later on when i started playing golf just because it's kind of the same idea with like, you know, it's all, it's all in the hips, happy. It's all in the hips. As, ah, uh, some, somewhat, as, somewhat. We as, don't like uh, the uppercut swing in the batting. <laughs> but um, yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, I learned a little bit about that, but um, that's where I learned, I guess. And you, you talked about the squish the bug thing, but I, I've never le- heard that in my life. 
Okay, well, I'm glad because it's not entirely correct, right? But the idea is basically, you know, you got to turn your back foot when you swing and the cue is squish the bug, right? Um, So I feel like going back to the younger age groups, a lot of these kids, they never learn actually how to get off their back foot and create momentum onto their front foot, right? Also known as where where the ball is coming from. You want to, right, when when you're pitching, you want to drive as hard as you can towards home plate, towards the catcher's glove, wherever he's set up as a, you know, as a hitter, a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, you should be creating as much momentum as you can to go towards the pitcher, right? It sounds like, it sounds like it's, it's simple. It, it really, I feel like it isn't. So, you know, just mm-hmm. a big separator in the younger age groups to, to the competitive level is the ability to get off their back foot, rotate your hips. Um, and then from there, I think the older you get, the more mental it becomes um, yep. And now coaching, coaching my 18 to 22 year old junior team last year, there are guys who in batting practice are untouchable, but the second they fall behind in the count, every, their game plan goes to shit. Their mentals just crumble. And right. And then the next thing, you know, it's, it's three pitch strikeout and the last two pitches were above their head or, um, you know, like just, there's, there's not a lot of confidence there. Like pitch to pitch, I think adjusting, knowing what you could get being a hitter, I feel like one thing that's helped me as a hitter, and that's just to be average without, you know, without putting work in specifically on it, just to be respectable when I have a bat in my hand. One thing that has helped me more than anything else this year is thinking like a pitcher, thinking like a catcher is, right? They're thinking about what pitch they want to throw, they're sequencing their location, right? Pitch to pitch, that changes, meaning your approach should kind of be at the very least, follow along with with what's going on. It's a one zero count. Okay, great. What am I looking for? Where where am I looking for it? Um, you know, it's for example, right now it's a two zero count. I'm willing to bet the guy doesn't want to throw me ball three, so I should probably see a fastball down the middle. That's where right. pitch. Okay, I'm looking to hit. Um, you know, for an, another thing, right? Another example I can give is I've had a bunch of smart guys on the mound think. That okay, oh one fastball, I took it looking. Let's try an off-speed pitch. I'm sitting on that off-speed pitch 50% of the time if I fall behind 0 and 1 because I know somebody's trying to get cute. I have put balls to the fence as as an average bottom of the order contact hitter, specifically just because I I my approach followed along and eventually you know mentally I I get the upper hand there. And and honestly from from my point of view, uh, somebody in my position with my uh, athleticism and, and size or lack thereof, <laughs> you know, being, being mentally sound and, and being more efficient with my body are the two big things. And, and, and more so the, the being mentally sound, like I have to have, right. I do not have enough athleticism to make up for, for being, you know, behind the curve. So for, I guess for me, you know, prioritizing the mental approach, um, never something I had an issue with as a hitter, much more issues as a pitcher. That's one thing I think that that is uh, that that's a big one with hitting for me as you get older, as I said, right, you get away from the fundamentals and the mechanics, right? You had a four hit game, you you hit every ball, the left center field gap shot home run the next day, you could strike out four times in a row, go over yep. four. Yep. And how are you going to respond to that? That's also and, where I separate from the minors to the independents from the minors to the majors um, you know, junior to senior, <laughs> like, and, and that's, and that's, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like, you know, we've talked about how baseball is such a mental game. Um, 
I think it's the ultimate mental game, to be honest with you, because it, we talked earlier in the show about how the baseball is predicated off failure. You're going to yep. fail. You're going to fail seven times out of 10 and you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. That means seven times you did not do your job. It's, you know, and that can wear on a lot of people. Like it takes a lot of mental fortitude to um, be able to uh, continue to to battle through that. Right. You know, it's 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 not easy. It's 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 that's what I that's why I think it's the ultimate mental game. Like, seriously, more, more than anything. That is why I feel like I held myself back for years just because of had nothing, nothing had to do with my arm. Nothing had to do with my legs. I've had two knee surgeries and it still had less to do with my legs than it did, you know, uh, between the years. So uh, absolutely. Um, you know, that's for any, for anybody looking to get into baseball, that is, you know, be, be prepared to fuck Fair up. Warning. <laughs> yeah. Be, be prepared to make mistakes Yep. Um, but you know what? That's life in general. That is life. That's, that and is I honestly, life. and I honestly feel like now just being in a coaching position, you know, teaching, you know, every, it, it, it's about baseball, but there's a lot of relatable, compatible things yeah. to, to the real world that you need to take with you when you leave. And that's, and these are things that I don't know necessarily. I, I had some as a coach. I, I didn't have some um or sorry when I was a player but just now like that is it's so much a part of my my thought process you know and it's 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 great you mentioned that because I coach hockey and you know for me that's why I'm such a big proponent of sports in general is that it the way to succeed in sports half the time it's yes you know obviously people have talent but it's all a lot of it is capitalizing off people's mistakes and if you're the one making those mistakes, that can be soul crushing, right? But it's about learning from those mistakes. And that is such like a, a valuable life lesson that I think is, you know, when, when we talk about like how sports translates to life, I, I really do believe um, it's the ultimate life teacher. And, and that's why I'm such a big proponent for the game. Uh, obviously, it's fun. Obviously, you're, you're physically active. That's, you know, I'm a big believer in healthy body, healthy mind. But it's also the fact that you're learning these life lessons along the way. You're learning how to learn from mistakes. You're learning how to deal with people. Uh, you're learning how to deal with unfair circumstances sometimes. Um, you know, you have to learn to, maybe you have to learn to work with someone you don't like. There's teammates I've played with who I, I have not liked in the past, right? These are things that are applicable life skills. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Like you can't... Uh... Right. You can't you can't point the finger and blame somebody every time you you screw the pooch. And honestly, I feel like, um, you know, the season that my junior team just had, I feel like a good it's got to be close to, if not over 50 percent of the guys on the roster um, could not handle the concept of failure in some capacity. Yeah. Right. And and if I was lucky, it would just be limited to the physical part of the game. Um, you know, like playing on the field as opposed to I'm not getting my way. Like I, I think I should be out here or I think I, I think I deserve more at bats or, or whatever else. Right. Um, you know, and then even still something as basic as communication, showing up for games and practices, letting get, responding by a deadline, right. These are all things that I am expected to do regularly. When your boss messages 100%. you and asks for an update, you fucking answer them. 100%. It's not an op- that's not an option, but for some people it's a it's a casual leisure activity. They people don't see that it's 
they don't see it my way. They don't see it your way necessarily. They, right. Um, you know, there's always some kind of excuse for why you can't, or you just don't care as much. And it's just like, wait, like you think, you know, if you think you're entitled to as much as you think, and you're, you're expecting more as you get older, well, like watch what happens. And unfortunately, um, you know, I've been coaching for 12 years and I feel like I've seen a lot of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, where it doesn't always work out. Like it's very, there are a lot of parallels between what you see in a player and where that player ends up and, and how he's going to turn out as a person. And Absolutely. And right. But that being said, there are a lot of good things that you can take away from that and my experience as well. And, you know, there are a lot of people, I'd say more, more people than not that, you know, I can still talk to at the very least, I can run into them and, you know, and say, hey, how you doing? Right. And know that they're, they're doing well because of the player they were. Right. And, and behind the scenes, the the person. Who's your favorite baseball player of all time? Damn. Put me on the spot like that. Um, (laughs) I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I don't, uh, like I, I honestly, if I had to say one guy that that stood out that I I watched uh, when I was younger that really really made me want to pitch, it was probably Roy Halladay. Um, yes, rest in peace, rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah. I was, uh, I still remember, I still remember, uh, you know, like a week or two removed from knee surgery, my second one in seventeen. Uh, when when I got when we saw the news on Sportsnet that you know he had he'd passed I was I was rattled um, yeah so I, I get I think looking back it has to be him even though I'm left-handed like it was just something he made he made it look so awesome I, I just uh, right and obviously being being a Jays fan living in Toronto that's a huge part of it but that was just he was an artist right yeah that is, he he was an artist for sure when you say that, pitching is an art. There's two guys. There's two guys. When I say pitching is an art, number one, number one's Roy Halladay. Number two is Pedro Martinez. Those Pedro are the two Martinez, guys. Those very, are the two guys that made pitching an art for sure. Yep. And and you know what? I honestly like uh, another guy that I like who's still going today. He stands out. It's more so because he's a lefty. Um, he doesn't necessarily throw the hardest. Maybe not anymore. He's got a huge mix of pitches. He knows how to change speeds. He knows how to hit his spots. If I could be him, I would be him. Clayton Kershaw of yes. the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that, Arguably the best of this generation. Yeah. And and I think I think as you get more of the guys throwing up mid, upper nineties, if not triple digits, um, you know, and he's he's had some injuries. There's a lot of mileage on his body. Uh, but the guy, like he something something about the way he pitches makes it look just so graceful and so, you know, smooth. And it's just, uh, I know, and it's just, it's nice to see. Um, yeah. That, how about yourself? That's a great question. You're putting me on the spot now too. Uh, I mean, I was a Jays fan growing up. Uh, my era was like, kind of like, you know, the, the holiday prime years, the Vernon Wells, the Alex Rios. Well, well, um, I would say though, if I had to pick my favorite of all time is I would say right now it's probably Jose Bautista. I, I just, Jose's, Jose's the guy, man, you know, like the bat flip, uh, the fucking memories that he brought, uh, to Canadian baseball. Um, I think like the bat flip is a top three sports moment of all time for me. Uh, for me, my, my top three sports moments of all time in no particular order, number one, or yeah, no particular order. Jose's bat flip, uh, Kawhi's buzzer beater, uh, in 2019, 
and uh, Crosby's golden goal probably uh, in 2010. So I, I don't know. I think just for the impacts, like, and, and Jose was kind of one of the first, well, not one of the first, but he was, he was kind of one of those guys that was very passionate and like rubbed people the wrong way in terms of like, you know, celebrating on the field and stuff. And I, I personally love that shit. Like I, I hate, I, I hate this whole, like, don't bat flip. It's disrespecting the game. Like I, I, I bat flip all you want, celebrate all you want. You know, I, I'm, I'm big on that kind of shit. And when Jose did that and like, he was kind of the, uh, the poster boy of it for a while, you know, I, I really kind of drive started- it he kickstarted the whole discussion on, on what it meant to be having fun versus being disrespectful in baseball. That was right. And it's obviously gone his way over the years, but he was, he had to have been one of the first ones through the wall on that topic in a long time. And he pissed a lot of people off, but also, oh, yeah. also so I would you, say, I would say Jose Bautista. Uh, I was a big Edwin and Carnacion fan as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Edwin, Edwin uh, was, uh, I think he's kind of underappreciated in uh, Canadian baseball lore. Um, you know, he was always kind of in Jose's shadow, but uh, he Edwin was a, a very good slugger for the Blue Jays for a lot of years. Uh, so I would say Edwin as well. And if I had to give uh, sort of an off the board name, I, I, I wouldn't call him my favorite, but I, I will go to the grave on this argument that he is the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, I would say Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds in my I listen, I understand the steroids. I understand all that. But you cannot tell me he's not the most talented hitter in baseball history. You know what? It's uh, the, the reality of that question is I don't know if that question can be 100 percent confirmed or denied ever just because there's always going to be that notion. That there's always the cloud. Yep. there's always the, fully hey, aware of that he cheated. Right. And you yeah. know what? No, to be fair, he was a well before he got caught cheating with the Giants. Um, you know, was was he a really good hitter? He played for the Pirates for years. A lot of people don't remember that, if not know that entirely. Um, mm hmm. But yeah, absolutely. You don't want to like the, nobody wanted to pitch to that guy. Like the way no. pitchers feared facing him was it was legit. And that's not something we see regularly anymore because the analytics say don't give away an out or don't give yeah. up a free base or whatever else. It's just that's the thing, though, kind of like how the pitch, the complete game in a pitcher is is dying out. The yep. You know, fearing all these hitters the way they did. Mind you, we found out a lot of those those guys that were feared were, were on PEDs as well. Like that's, just, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, just, that's yeah. another trend that's down, but I, I, it, either way, in any case, um, I don't know how many, I don't know how many people in Alberta are, are Jays fans. Uh, oh yeah. There's a big contingent out here too. For fantastic. Sure. Well, for I'll sure. tell you now, um, two of your three favorite players, I've seen them hit walk-offs in playoff games and like, Oh yeah, man. I'll tell you now, if you can ever get out for a playoff game it is every bit as loud as it looks like on TV and then some, and I got to be This October, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, get, I'm going to at least, I'm going to at least inquire. Get out here. We'll go. I'll tell you now that bat flip, the bat flip that, that changed everything for Toronto baseball. It seems like sure did. He hit that ball out. I, I was not, I was sober. I was a hundred percent sober, I think. And I blacked out. I, I it <laughs> still, it w it was one of the greatest moments of my life, no questions asked. Um, yeah. And and the day the Jays win the World Series, hopefully some of you guys can come out and make the trip. It it will be oh, fuck yeah. it will be amazing. That. It will be better than the Leafs winning because you know <laughs> I have no I have no intention of believing the Leafs are gonna win. They've hurt me too many times. Um, <laughs> Before we know, uh, but, oh sorry go ahead go ahead. Oh no I no just not nothing man that's uh 
that, that's my that's my Blue Jays appeal to any any baseball fans in Alberta oh, yeah, that man. still are unsure. Go Jays, go Jays. Um, before we uh, before we get to the draft to close out the show here, I got to ask you. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about sports on this show. What do the Leafs have to do to get past the first round? Stop paying their goalies six million dollars a year. Like Jesus, <laughs> fuck! I I cannot begin to express my displeasure at paying like that, that Morazic contract plus Campbell. Okay, like fine, but then the year before, I don't even remember who it was because it was it was the same result. Who cares? This year, we're paying Samsonov and Murray, and Samsonov wasn't a bad signing. But what, like, we're taking on that Murray contract? I, I don't know if Dubis understands. He's paying five guys $45, $50 million. You look at all these other teams who have made deeper runs in the last few years. And by deeper, I mean anywhere past the first round. <laughs> Carolina is a good example of something I like to see. Right. And they paid Freddie Anderson a little bit last year, too. But just two years ago in specific, they had Reimer and Morazic on, on cheap deals. They were both playing yep. well. Their system. Right. One year deals, cheaper contracts because they're not paying five guys, 50 million dollars. And, you know, the rest of their roster, just we they're deeper. We have they, there's a more physical part of, of the game. Our third and fourth liners are are veterans who made the all star game 10 years ago. And are on their last legs. And that's nothing against them. But Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, um, you know, Wayne Simmons, these guys, Jason Spezza, at the tail ends of their careers, yeah. I feel like they're far less of what we need than the guys who, you know, make Carolina three three lines deep, if not more, with just their wingers. And then their centerman last year, Trocek, although he's not there, they had Aho, Jordan Stahl. Um, they had other wingers who could slide over. Like it was just right there. There's a lot of depth and versatility on the depth chart. And it's not just guys who hit their peak way, way before. Like I, I, I think, I think that, you know, find your one, a one B for goaltending, be smart about it, you know, and, and, and build up those third and fourth lines. Hell, even build in your top six, but build the yeah. kind of guys who want to go in the corners. You know, not yeah. the guys who are skill players but are fading. I just think my there's thing, a huge difference. You know, my thing with the NHL is, like, you see all these teams that were winning Stanley Cups every year. Every Stanley Cup champion has a couple, like a small handful of players that are undervalued and underpaid. You know, you, you see, you see uh, Colorado's paying like JT Comfer, for example. Like he's a solid third line player. He's probably making league minimum, fucking you know, 750k or some shit. And he's like putting up like you know 30, 40 points a year. And the the best teams find a way to draft and develop these guys. And then these guys then make you know put on a show in the playoffs. They go leave and get paid somewhere else. And the, the cycle continues and continues and continues. Yeah, but you know what, even still, though, like you look at a team like Chicago, they were in dynasty mode for years. And each time after those teams won cups, they had to blow it up because yep. you guys were free agents. They're paying their main guys for years. Yep. Right. The Keiths, the Tays, the Canes, the Seabrooks like that. That, that shit ain't cheap. Right. So wow. when you have right and then you have your your younger guys developing and leaving and you're developing more than you're keeping because you can't afford to pay them. Like that's it's a vicious cycle. Like the the Blackhawks almost do too good of a job, or at least in or, you know the last Used 10 to. 15 years. Yeah, 
they used to, well now they're but now they're paying the price for it is my yeah. point right um yeah. the the Leafs are just consistently the same team they're the same brand of hockey anybody can outwork them Columbus and Montreal did it back to back years they weren't on our level they weren't on the Leafs level and against Tampa last year you look at them okay we ran into the two time defending cup champs we still played a great series you know some people will argue we played better than them we outplayed them mm-hmm. um but again that that style that brand of hockey the the guys they have further down the the lineup the the types of defensemen they have we have the same type of defensemen i feel like there's no character or personality to 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 their game except for like they're all mostly offensive minded right and i just i don't see right you you look how deep tampa is on defense Mm-hmm. Sergachev, Hedman, they're not, I don't think they're the same type of player, right? Um, and that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Those are the guys you know. And I'm yeah. missing, like, McDonough, I think, is still, he was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, anyway, you look at their lineup. I'm in summer mode. Hockey is just kind of <laughs> half in, half out right now. But Tampa Bay, I look at, I look at their defense. Boston, I would look at their defense, you know, um, like Colorado this year, you look at their defense. Holy crap, you got the perfect blend, right? Leafs, right? And I don't know if this is an analytics thing, right? Puck possession and having offensive-minded players, like that, that's your that's your downfall right there. You need balance, and we don't have any to answer your Fair. question. The Oilers have more balance. Diamonds, <laughs> uh, you know, Tyson Berry worked out well when he was there because yeah. you had a complement of guys that could allow him to be him. He was yeah. just another guy who wanted to rush the puck on the Leafs, which is why trading him for Kadri really pissed me off because Kadri was a solid two-way player, yeah. whether he got suspended in the playoffs or not. I, I don't know. This is We're getting back into the whole too far down the analytics, <laughs> right? This is yeah. this is why I don't talk Leafs very much because it really, really pisses me off to see that <laughs> nothing changes, right, including the result. Yeah. Well, we'll have to catch uh, an Oilers Leafs game sometimes. Uh, sometime that'll be that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if our, I can our boys, love seeing our boys go fun. at it. <laughs> but uh, before uh, we, uh, I let you go. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close out the show here with the draft. Um, basically, the way the draft works, Jason, uh, this is what I do with my guest uh, guest uh, appearances uh, on every show up and show at a guest episode. You draft your top five. Uh, we go back and forth, um, and. Uh, it's on a surprise subject. So subject today, we're going to be talking about, um, we talked a lot about baseball and pitching. So for uh, a lot of my listeners out here, uh, the way a baseball rotation works is you have five starting pitchers. Okay. So one through five. Um, but we're going to do this. You're going to draft a, a, a rotation of five pitchers, but they cannot be major league baseball players. They cannot be pro baseball players. So they can be anyone in the world but they cannot be, you know, major league baseball players. So no Roy Halladay's, no Pedro Martinez's. They have to be, uh, you know, just anyone in the real world. It can be in the video game world. It can be, you know, cartoon <coughs> characters. Uh, you have the first pick, my friend. Go ahead. What kind of draft is this? I didn't get any prep time. It's just not nothing. Come on. No, man. The best drafts are off. It's off the cuff, man. Off the top of the head. Off the top of the head. So what are we talking about here? Like just random, random it can people. Be anything. It can be a video game character. It can be a cartoon character. It can be a TV show character. It can be a real life person. It can be anything you want it to be, but they cannot play Major League Baseball. Damn. Okay. 
This is a this is a very interesting question. Um, so I got to go. Number one, I'm drafting a rotation. Okay. Yes. Well, so you start with your ace. My, my ace? I don't know. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. I can. You, start, you don't have to start with your ace. You can start with whoever. That's the thing. I'll I'll go I'll go with me. Number one, right now. Got to. Day twenty one. All right. Day hey, twenty one. Just because you know, next year if I'm on the show again. You know, I now I know that going into the offseason, I have to back up all the shit I was talking about improving. <laughs> so you know what? Back up what right. you say. Now, now I'm inclined to follow. I respect, I respect the self-confidence there. JE21. You heard it here first. Okay, uh, my first pick for uh, my first pitcher in my rotation, uh, it's going to be Mario. It's going to be Mario because he throws the fireballs. And uh, he's going to fucking get some hitters out with that shit, man. It, you talk about the flamethrower. <laughs> that guy's the ultimate flamethrower. So uh, Mario is my first pick. Wow. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see that entirely come. I figured if you were going to go in that realm, you might you might have picked like Donkey Kong or something. You know but... what? Did you ever play uh, the Mario baseball game growing up? Uh, like no, on GameCube? I don't there was think a Mario, so. dude. There's a game called uh, Mario. I was, I forget the name of it. It's like you know, like Super Mario Strikers. Like it was like the baseball version of that. <laughs> oh uh, my but God. Donkey Kong was a pitcher, and he was the <laughs> only pitcher in that game who would throw with like some semblance of like break. So he was pretty OP. But I'm picking Mario because of the fireball. He's, you know, I need a flamethrower at the top of my rotation. Oh man, but if he's only—I mean, if he's only got one pitch, my guys are gonna light him up. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right. So what, what are we round two now? Am I on round the clock? two. You're you're on the clock. So I can't play major league baseball. All right, let's. Uh, hmm. I got one in mind, maybe, maybe. Okay. okay. What do you got? I mean, if we're if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go fireballs, so, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen any Chris Jericho content on AEW, but he's now running around okay. calling himself the Wizard, and okay. he's going around throwing fireballs to the face. I so, love it. So you know what? <laughs> that's my that's my Mario equivalent. Okay. Uh, All right. Know, pick pick two hundred one is uh, Chris Jericho, the Wizard. Chris Jericho. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um. Okay. Mario was the only one I had in mind when I thought about this topic. Um. Second overall in uh, my draft, I'm going to go, I'm going to pick Thanos. Oh, you know, the infinity stone, you know, I'm, I'm sure he can, he can, he can let that ball spin to the plate for sure. I, uh, I'm going to go with Thanos because he, he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a work, you know, he's going to be a workhorse. You know, he's not going to break down, get Tommy John surgery or anything like that. Fair. Uh, you, you know, he's going to be durable. He's going to sustain a full 162 game I- season. This is Thanos pre-gauntlet because he's pretty he's pretty fucked up on the right side once he once he destroyed the stones. I would say pre pre. Okay, you gotta yeah you gotta go or in, in Endgame you go 2014 he's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you just gotta make sure that uh, do we know if he's righty or lefty because I feel like in both movies Infinity War and Endgame mm. he switched up the hands. Or you could be ambidextrous. You could be ambidextrous. You know. Switch pitcher. That's fine. He's not rocking infinity stones. We'll, we'll light him up. 450 <laughs> All right. Okay. Pick three. What do you got? What do you got? So it's funny you said Thanos because I was actually thinking of different superheroes, um, you know, and I thought I think it's funny because there's a major leaguer who shares his nickname and is nowhere near God, you know, God level. Um, 
you know, I gotta I gotta go with Thor, but not Noah Syndergaard. Like I'm talking <laughs> okay. Chris, I'm talking about Chris Hemsworth Chris Thor. Or, sorry, Chris, all right, yeah, Hemsworth. And I yeah. and I want to, uh, you know, and I want the guy. I want the guy in in Love and Thunder too, right? That's the guy I want, <laughs> right? Ragnarok, he's looking a little roughed up, um, you know. But actually, you know what? That's the only thing about Thor having him, right? The mental part of the game. His mentals are all over the place in uh, in Love and Thunder, so <laughs> you know, I'll be sure he's a good he's a good mid rotation arm with with ace upside okay. if he when he has okay. it together. You know what? You know what I'm gonna go with actually. Uh, my my third pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with a two-way guy okay i'm gonna go with happy gilmore oh come on <laughs> I'm, I'm picking happy gilmore because you know he's gonna hit the shit out of the ball so he got some offense there but i feel like you can develop him enough as a pitcher to like be like a you know solid like maybe like three or four guy in your rotation so kind of like a like a like a, a poor man's shohei otani maybe um and you know he's he's got that attitude to him man you know he's he's got that you know uh, fuck you attitude. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna throw, throw inside. He's gonna start some, uh, bench clearing brawls. You might see, uh, an ejection there on, uh, John Boy Media, maybe. And, uh, uh, so uh, I'm gonna go with Happy Gilmore because, uh, I think he would be a solid two way presence. Okay. All right. I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. You know, it's funny. There's a drill at work called the Happy Gilmore. We use it for momentum. Uh, <laughs> when kids don't get off their, well, I don't know. I'm finding it's really weird. I, I never, I didn't realize there were so many kids who never like realized stepping in your swing. Like they step into their throws, but when they go to swing, they're like waving the flag at the Olympic ceremony. <laughs> just all, all hands. I was, I was going to ask if uh, the Happy Gilmore drill was uh, them standing in the batting cage, uh, taking a 70 mile an hour fastball to the chest. <laughs> no, 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 no. We want, we want, we want to send, we want an exit velocity of at least 70 going back where the ball came from. But you know, that's probably not coming from me uh, on the, on that drill specifically. I need, I need to set up properly. <laughs> All right, uh, you got pick number four now, I believe. So let's run through the roster. What do we got? I have, I have myself, Chris, the Wizard, Chris Jericho, and Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Yeah, and I have uh, Mario, uh, Thanos, and Happy Gilmore. Hmm. <laughs> so, I guess I'm going. Uh, I got two real world guys, and I got, and I have a superhero. I'm gonna go back into the movie world. Um, I want to say Carlos from Benchwarmers. Carlos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just watched I like, that movie the other day. Oh man, I I just think that. <laughs> I just think that a guy who, you know, he didn't make it through the whole game, but a guy who can booze through most of the game and pitch like <laughs> a shutout, he's pretty, it's pretty impressive. So imagine what happens if I can get him some water, or, you know, at least water down his drinks a bit. Um, you know, not a, not a big cigarette guy for anybody, anybody listening. So I don't want to see him do like the, eh, you know, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't want him putting out a cigarette on his tongue. Um, you know, and if he, you know, we don't endorse the stepping on the hands, all that. But you know what? The guy just, the guy just showed up to play baseball. He may be 12, but he was hitting at least 500. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I was gonna say that's a good pick too, because uh, age is on your side. He's only 12 years old, so tons of time to develop. Like, look, tons look, of time to develop him, and you probably got him for, you know, a solid 25 years. I mean, so. yeah, I'm thinking we'll transition him to DH or something or, or relief role if he's just gonna pitch. <laughs> like, we have to discuss it, but I gotta wait till he wakes up. 
All right. Well, that's a good pick. Um, okay. I got uh, number four for me. Um, so I got a superhero and a video game and a movie character. Can I do a, maybe I should try a real world guy here. Um, I want, I want like, I want uh range on this, uh, on this squad. So I'm going to go, no, I'm not going to pick him. Uh, I'm going to go with, I need someone who's like durable, but like nimble. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with like someone who's quick. I'm going to pick, um, can I go with nimble? Like, I want someone who's quick because, you know, I want that. Oh my God. This is so hard now. Um, I'm thinking of like, I, I'm, I'm trying to like take someone from like the NFL or like the NBA, you know, someone who's like athletic, but quick. I'm, I'm thinking he could be like, that, but I'm not feeling I'm thinking, it. I'm thinking he could be my Strowman. Um, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's pick Derek Henry. I'm going to pick Derek Henry because he's a fucking tank. So he's going to be durable, but he's quick as shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's going to fucking run your ass over if, uh, you know, you try to, you know, charge the mound. Um, and, uh, I think I think there's some potential there to develop a fastball. He's he's fucking jacked this guy. So I'm sure I'm sure there's some potential there. So I'm going to pick Derrick Henry. All right, all right. So I I'm still not 1000% who who my last guy in the rotation is going to be. I want to give honorable mentions to uh Sure. We can, we can, just, you you know what for honorable mentions how about we do uh, uh uh one reliever and a closer. Damn, okay. Well, I mean I feel like an honorable mention. So honorable mention, we'll do uh, okay. we'll do Steve Rogers, Captain America. Okay? okay, I didn't want to go with the second superhero, but the reality okay. is, is he can throw the shit out of that shield. And okay, I just think that if you have that much precision and accuracy, right? If you're gonna be my reliever, my closer, you better you know you come in and hit your spots. He just seems like a spots guy. Okay, you know? so he's so a, he's a closer is what you're saying. Probably he's a team player. Yeah. Like how do you yeah. how do you not respect the attitude? And he's he, right. And he, he plays the game the right way. He's a pro. But pro. as his teammate will attest, he's worthy. If you know what I'm talking about. So fair enough. You know, um, another honorable mention has to go to. Uh, so he's not a wrestler anymore. I guess he is, but not so much in in WWE. It's Big Cass. You know, okay. he's uh he's seven feet tall, and you can't uh, as he used to say, you can't teach that. So you can't teach size. You know, but you know what you can teach. You know, you can have him spend a little time with, you know, myself, anybody else on the staff. <laughs> okay, we'll get that guy thrown. I want a guy throwing, set, you know, seven feet tall. That's it. That's got to be at least mid 90s. We can figure it out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We can, OK, so we can have so, him so Steve Rogers is your closer and Big Cass is your your let's say like your setup guy. Is that kind of what you're be, saying? Yeah, he's got to be a setup at, at okay. worst relief. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Okay. Honorable mentions for you. Uh, okay, so I guess we'll 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 save our last our last pick then as our fifth rotation piece. I got so I'll pick my two relievers right now. Um, so a closer for closer, I want I want someone who throws gas, someone who can or someone who can hit a spot or has some movement uh, on his pitches. You ever watch the Harry Potter films? Um honestly like not my thing i probably okay. know who you're talking about but i'm gonna pick uh i'm gonna, my, my buddy matt, uh, my buddy matt would love this i'm gonna pick victor crumb victor crumb is like uh so he's um like the like the goat of quidditch and 
I guess like in Quidditch, like you need a lot of movement and with the ball. So sure. uh, I think he'd have some nasty stuff out of the pen, you know, coming in to close a game, you know, some Ed- Edward Diaz ting, you know, coming out uh, to the horns and shit. Um, so I'm going to go with Victor Crumb as my closer. Okay. And then for my setup, man, you need, you just need someone reliable. You need like someone got good body language. He's confident as fuck. Uh, just like almost like irrationally confident. Or actually, you know what? Victor Crumb would be my setup, man. My closer. I want, I want a closer, uh, you know, Victor Crumb's a very irrationally confident guy. So I'm going to have him as my setup, man. Cause he has nasty stuff. But I'm going to have my closer. I want a stone-clad guy, you know, you know, no emotion. Uh, well, you can have, a, you can have emotion, but, like, just a guy that you know will never be rattled. And uh, for my closer, I'm going to pick Kawhi Leonard because he will never be rattled. Like, he, 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 will, he will fucking find a way somehow, some way. Uh, just... Your your crush on Kawhi Leonard is is awesome. You definitely you know I love it's, Kawhi, it's man. justified, man. It's That's justified. The guy the guy brought Toronto its only NBA title with with Lowry, of course. You can't you can't dispute yep. Kyle Lowry, yep. but um but no, that's that honestly it's a good pick. He knows he knows how to he knows how to end a game, you know? He knows how to close a game. Literally, exactly. And the thing is he will never get rattled. Like, like, fuck, like, we're Jays fans. You see Kikuchi pitch, like, holy fuck, his fucking body language is so bad. Like, you can tell the guy is so rattled when, like, something bad happens. You would never see that with Kawhi. So, that's why yeah, he's, he's my closer. same expression on his face. He's happy, he's sad, he's pissed. <laughs> they won, you know, it's the same thing, you know. But that's yep. great. Again, composure, you need it. So, composure. I like it. I composure. respect So, okay, you have one pick left. That's your fifth rotation piece. Oh man, I I really 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 am struggling with this one, but I I feel like you know I need a I need a piece of my childhood with me in the rotation to remind me that it's supposed to be fun. Okay, so I'm gonna go I like back. That. I'm gonna go back into a movie. Okay, we're not necessarily talking a real movie. We're talking my first cartoon-ish character. Okay, um, you know, I was thinking about someone like Buzz Lightyear because he's got nice. freaking, he's got the he's got the jets, you know. He's not afraid to he's not afraid to jump out of bed and just fly wherever the fuck he needs to go. Um, sure. But I think I think I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with Shrek. Shrek's Shrek. gonna be my okay. starter <laughs> because. That guy is very determined, whether it's to get people out of his swamp or out of his batter's box. I don't give a shit. Determination <laughs> is determination, right? He's willing, he's willing to walk two days off into some castle with a dragon, cross some rickety bridge. Like, he's not afraid. He doesn't care who's batting, like, right? Oh, yeah. And, and again, yeah. he's determined. And he doesn't like help, which means that I can I can probably save my bullpen a little bit when he goes out to pitch. He'll give me that extra inning. He'll get into the seventh or the eighth. All right. You know, and uh, and then you know maybe he lets someone take over. Maybe he finishes it off. But I, I think uh, I think I think that's my guy right there as num- at number five. That is a great pick. Um, okay, so I'm looking at my rotation right now. So I got my final pick here. I got. Uh, a flamethrower as my ace in Mario. I got 
you know, it's an all around guy in Thanos and number two, number three, happy Gilmore's two way guy Four is Derek Henry. He's a little rough around the edges, but I think, uh, you know, he, uh, he could, he could develop number five. I just need like a dependable, you know, durable, you know, guy who is no bullshit, much like Shrek, much like that Shrek analogy, uh, you had, um, no bullshit tells you like it is. Um, Hmm. I got to really think about this. <laughs> you know, this, this is the beauty of the draft is you, you just, you just got to think on the spot and I'm, I'm really struggling right now with it. Fuck it. Uh, Mr. Clean. Let's just say Mr. Clean. I'm going to go with Mr. Clean. Cause uh, Mr. Clean, you know, is going to be there for you. He's a dependable guy. He's a great teammate. You know, you, you know, he's going to be there for you. Uh, he does the job. His products have never failed me. I use his magic eraser for everyday shit all the time. Oh my God. Uh, and you know, it's, he's good value. He's good value. He's not going to be a contract. That's an albatross. He, he you're going to get exactly what you're paying for with his contract. Uh, so I'm going to go with Mr. Clean as my, uh, my number five. Yeah. Well, it'd, be nice. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice having him pitch. If you're uh if you won the first two games of the series and you're going for the sweep, you know, he wants to get the brooms out. Exactly. Exactly. He's, right. um, he might bring the mop he, out and said, "Hey, get the, you know." And say, we might he might change the whole terminology of of the sweep. We're gonna get it, we're gonna call it the mop because of Mr. Exactly. Clean. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, another uh, another character I had in mind. I didn't pick. I, I picked Mr. Clean over him because I have picked this character in a prior draft I did on an episode. Uh, okay. I I did a, a basketball starting five of cartoon characters with uh, my buddy Akeem uh, a couple episodes ago, and I drafted Squidward. Uh, to play power forward for me. That makes uh, sense. That I would have picked Squidward sense. in this scenario because he has eight tentacles and, you know, he has different arm slots. So he'd confuse the fuck out of batters um, with his delivery. But for the sake of keeping things fresh, because we talked about keeping things fresh on this episode, uh, I decided to go with Mr. Clean. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the draft. Uh, and that's really today's episode. Um, I know I'm trying to be conscious of your time here. Um, you have any last things to say uh, to the to the people at all, Jason? Thanks for listening to us shoot the shit. And if you're ever out in uh, Toronto, Canada, be sure to hit me up. Come out with Channer. We'll have a few drinks, and uh, we'll we'll oh, get working time. on a sequel for you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we uh, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about our Boston trip today, but uh, you know, technological issues uh, pushed the start time of this back just a little bit. Uh, but uh, we will definitely, uh, you know what, let's, uh, we'll book you in for another episode here. When is your baseball season end? Oh man, just, uh, just or, wrapping or... up now. And okay. hopefully, hopefully in the next couple months, we'll, uh, we'll be in, we'll be kind of shut down. And then I think we start back up again in November. Either way, whenever, wherever, doesn't matter. I'd love to, to uh, talk. I'd love to, uh, to, to touch base with you again once, uh, once you get your training under your, your belt a little bit and you know, we can talk about Boston too and shit then too. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get her going. We'll definitely have you back on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. And again, everybody uh, out in Berta. All right. Enjoy <laughs> yourselves. Have a beer for me tonight and uh, I'll be back soon. All right, man. Take care. Thanks again. Yeah. My pleasure.
equal to